experience in the real estate world. <laughs> and he turned off that music quick, man. He was on it. <laughs> he was on it. So this week, we're going to be talking about the most unaffordable housing market since 1984. We're going to be talking about what happened with the Fed and the interest rates. And we're going to be talking about something that I saw on TikTok. It's, uh, you know, there's always a war of generations on who had it worse when it came to you know, affording life. And somebody actually did the math <laughs> on it. And they're comparing uh, cost of living when, you know, some of the uh, baby boomers were growing up to the cost of living today. So we're going to take a look at that. And you guys can give me your opinion. So we got lots of things to cover. We have no guests today. It's just moi. And, uh, and, and then, of course, when we go through the articles, you're more than welcome to ask any question you have about real estate. All you have to do is type in the word question first and then follow that up with the question that you may have. It makes it much easier for the moderator in the back, who is Eddie Smallhorn, my main squeeze, who will put it up on the screen. <laughs> I want to tell everybody I had a wonderful birthday. Thank you so much last week for all the birthday wishes. It was really lovely to see all of that. And, and I, uh, I want to share one thing before we get started in the article. So my husband bought something that I thought was the dumbest thing that I've ever seen in my life. Now, this is totally not sponsored or anything, but it was basically this thing that like heats up your milk. It's not a steamer. It just like froths up your milk, heats it up just a little bit and then spins it around and makes it kind of like a, a whipped milk. And I thought, well, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He's like, it's really good for hot chocolate. I'm like, I drink hot chocolate twice in my life, you know, like in a year, in a year, I'll drink it maybe twice. So anyways, I decided to give the whole thing a whirl without him even looking, right? So I fill up my thing and I, I warm up the milk on the hot chocolate setting and I dump it in my tea. I'm now obsessed. I am completely hooked. So every time you see a tea now on me, I have this whipped warm milk. It's so snotty, so pretentious. <laughs> so that's my new favorite thing. I don't know where I think he got it. I think he saw it on TikTok. I think that's where he saw it. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Oh, is that it, Eddie? How much was that thing? Oh, it's only 24 bucks. Yeah. Well, if anybody wants it, go ahead and put a link of, uh, in the chat, Eddie. <laughs> put it in the chat and they can uh, put um, 40th, add, add 15 years to that. So he's a happy 40th. <laughs> yeah, add 15 years to that. Oh, 40th. <laughs> yeah. Happy uh, from Boston. Hello from Boston, Eddie in the chat. Hello from Boston. Yep. That's my, my old stomping grounds if anybody doesn't know. So anyways, let's go ahead and get into the first article, Eduardo, talking about the least expensive, the least affordable, I should say, least affordable housing market since uh, uh, 1984. Everybody knows, though, like anybody that's been watching this show for a hot minute, we know it's unaffordable and it's been unaffordable. And I've been sounding the alarm about this since before the pandemic and the pandemic made it like 10 times worse economists always like to say it's because that, uh, you know, interest rates make homes more affordable. And in some cases, yes, that it makes sense because the interest rates go down. Right. But in other cases, let's just put this in perspective. The average home average across the United States, if you take all the houses across the, all the States, uh, and it will be over the cost will cost you over $400,000. If the interest rate goes down to, let's just say four, how many people, not many, I'm going to tell you right now, how many can actually afford a $400,000 house, even at a three, let's just say 3% or 5% interest rate. 
most people are living off the payment and those payments are going to be way too expensive for a lot of people. Over $2,700 for a lot of people is a lot of money and they can't afford it. So anyways, uh, this is the latest affordable housing market since least affordable. God, I cannot get my stuff together. Least affordable housing market since 1984 and it's getting worse. I got this from CNN. Not that I'm a big CNN. It just happened to come up on my feed when I was going through the news. And now takes nearly 41% of the median household monthly income to cover the principal and interest payments on the median price home, according to research from the uh, Intercontinental Exchange. And it comes at a time that uncomfortably high prices after a bout of the worst inflation in a generation. Housing is eating up a bigger parts of paychecks, including gas, groceries, and other loan prices are sky high. Talk to somebody who has a um, a student loan. See, I don't, I don't, I never had a student loan, so I didn't know how they worked, and I didn't understand why people were whining about them so much. So when you get a student loan, when you start paying it back, it's based on the salary that you get, right? So a lot of people were making those minimum payments in order to survive, right? So let's just say they've been paying for 10 years, the minimum payments, it works much like a credit card, right? So if you only make the minimum payments, you're never even, even hitting the actual balance. This lady had been paying for 10 years, $84,000. I'm sorry, she paid, she borrowed $64,000. And she owes $72,000 after 10 years, because she only made minimum payments. Like, oh, you know, there, there has to be a better system with student loans. You know, anyways, housing now takes up the biggest chunk of paychecks since 1984, according to ICE, the owner of the of the New York Stock Exchange. That's up 0.4% from last month. And reports, which will also show American homes were the least affordable in 39 years. We all know that everything's unaffordable right now, including housing. You know, even rents. It doesn't even matter if you're getting a mortgage or not. Rents are even high. Because mm. wannabe home buyers are getting hammered by painful combination of high mortgage rates and high home prices. The uh, one-two punch is has pushed the principal and interest payments needed for the medium price home up about $144 just over the past month. Uh, the monthly payments are above $2,500. Yeah, they're $2,700 right now. And that doesn't even include insurance taxes and other fees. Oh, and don't forget your HOA fees on top of that. I'm, I'm coming out with, I'm filming a, a video tomorrow about HOAs, man, the, those HOAs are going crazy. I got off topic. Sorry. The problem is pushing the American dream further uh, from reach for the prospecting first time home buyers, and they've been forced to rent instead, delaying the ability for building wealth through home ownership. After seven consecutive weekly increases, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage did dip to 7.6% this week, um, ending in November 2nd, according to Freddie Mac. That, uh, that's miles away from the pre-COVID 3.8% in the fall of 2019, aided by emergency action by the federal, uh, by the Fed. Mortgage rates briefly tumbled to 2.7% in late 2020 into 2021. Higher mortgage rates can go less uh the more higher mortgage rates go, the less people can afford. But more, let's just put it this way, though. I mean, we've had such a shortage of supply. You would think that, and this is how it's always been, if mortgage rates go high, home prices come down and they haven't been coming down. 
I have seen though, and I, I want to point this out to everybody that in a lot of areas, a lot of areas, there's been a lot more homes hitting the market. And don't take this as, oh my gosh, it's crashing, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on uh, because this is the time of year that if you are looking for a home and then it does seem like there's an increase in supply and there isn't anything moving and a lot of buyers don't buy during this time and a lot of sellers don't sell, but some of them have to. This is the best time for you to get a better deal where they're more negotiable uh, in some of those areas. I'll tell you this too. Um, so I'm in a lot of real estate uh, groups, you know, and the real estate agents are are sweating. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Like some of them were like, so you know, like I just having a hard time this year. I'm not making the numbers that I did last year. You know, like what's your side hustle? The people are wanting to know what their side hustle is. So when your real estate agents selling scentsy candles, <laughs> you know, there's something on the horizon. Something feels different. There's no data for me to back any of this up, but I I'm literally watching all these real estate groups. And a lot of real estate agents are definitely sweating. The conversation is changing and it's, it, they're not finding the buyers and there just isn't a lot of, um, there isn't a lot of uh, inventory out there. So they're how they're like, where, what are they going to do? You know, they're, what are they going to do? There was, uh, it's interesting. It's going to be 2024 is going to be really interesting. I, this is just my feeling. I'm not going by anything. My feeling is that things are going to change next year. I'm going to, I think we're going to see some home prices dip in, in some areas, unless there is not a lot of um, construction in that area. You know, if there isn't, they can, they'll just stay stagnant. They'll really stay stagnant, especially if, if interest rates continue to go down because there are people that are sitting on the fence. So Anyways, uh, the higher mortgage rates go, the less that people can afford. Today's rates, I already, I already read that part, Eddie. Um, well, let's just say uh, that, let me just tell you this. Now, today's rates, monthly payments on a $500,000 would stand roughly around $3,265 after putting down 20%. That's $1,165 more than it was two years ago when mortgage rates were barely above the threes. So, you know. <laughs> I don't, who can afford that though? Like, honestly, $3,265, that's just the mortgage payment. Then you had the taxes on top of it. And we all know that interest, not, we all know insurance rates are going up, right? Your insurance rates are going up. Your taxes are going up and you have this explosive payment. I mean, these people that are affording these houses are like freaking Mr. Moneybags. I can't afford this stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just like, I'm not faulting people. <laughs> oh, thank you, this kid. This kid just said they like my new hair. I got I got a new hairdo. That was the other birthday present I got from Eric. Uh, my my husband Eddie said that I could get my hairs did, and he made an appointment for me, and I got my hair did. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, anyways, um, if if you guys are seeing things differently in your area, if you feel like you're seeing more for sale signs and things aren't moving on the market, let me know in the comment section below because, uh, <clears throat> not in the comment section below. I'm so used to saying that in videos in the, in the chat. Cause I'm, I'm interested to see what you say because it is a very apparent that homes are super unaffordable and in the most rural areas people will tell you like the incomes do not match the median price of a home. Like, I don't know how many, like it was a big meme there for a hot minute that real estate agents would post like a, 
uh, like a little tiny shack uh, of a house and they'd say, oh, uh, for sale, you know, only accepting cash offers, you know, $320,000. And it was like basically a, a done up outhouse. It like it had to stop. The house of cards has to come down soon because this is it's just too unaffordable. House pricing is a quagmire. That is a that is true. I love that word, quagmire. That's a great word. <laughs> uh, this kid says realtors need to speak with rental property managers to bring down rents, so housing market will uh, lower enough for affordability. So I, I see what you're saying, um, but the market dictates the price. So if the let's just say the new apartment complex that was built down the street is saying that a three bedroom apartment is $1,500. That usually means that the home prices, like just regular standing homes that are not in an apartment complex can all ask a little bit more because you're getting more, you're getting more of a house in a yard. So that's pretty much where they fall in line. The other thing that was promised to us two years ago was that they were going to start doing more uh, multifamily construction to help with home affordability and rents. So all these, you know, uh, companies, they got these great incentives to build apartments to help with affordability. The thing is, is the apartments that they built were luxury apartments that did nothing for affordability. It only, it just, it feels so weird right now because we have the, it's like two sides of a corn. We have the haves and the have nots, the people that can afford this life and be totally fine and the people that are truly struggling and you know all these things that were promised to help people that are really struggling right now have done nothing they're 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 hurting people because nothing has panned out what they said it was going to so it's it's frustrating very frustrating some areas i have in some areas i have seen rents come down just a scotch but um you know, it's that time of year right now that rents aren't as necessarily uh, as high as they normally would. The, the higher they are is usually in the spring, but because of the fact that we're in the um, the fall into the winter months, getting into the holidays, you usually do see a little bit of a drop in rents, but not, I haven't seen anything significant anywhere. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. If someone can tell me if they've seen drops in rents in their area. Pooh's blessedery day. And I thought my own mortgage of $1,560 was outrageous. My first mortgage was $1,230. And I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack because I didn't under, this is, you know, I didn't understand because when I saw it, my, my, my house payment was supposed to be only $823. And I'm like, oh, that's not bad. That's going to be really good. Cause my, my, um, my rent at that time was a thousand dollars. And then once they factored in the taxes and the insurance, and it was uh, $1,230, I literally, it was like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I was so scared. I didn't know, you know, like when you're young and you get your first house, people don't really explain things like they should explain things. And this was pre-internet. So it wasn't like anything I could just you know, look up on the screen. I mean, maybe the internet was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't as accessible as it is today. That's for sure. All right. This is insane. I get paid $21. Uh, I get paid $21 and he can barely make ends meet. It's not housing. It's everything in inhumanely high. I can't even survive by ourselves. And we need uh, to end up renting 
a room. And you know what's even crazier about renting a room? So some areas uh, around the United States have made it a law that you cannot rent out a room. You can you can rent out your house, but you're not allowed to rent out a room. They've they've done it in several cities. I don't know how they monitor that or police that, but they've they've said that you can't you'll get fined and you can get like a tax lien on your on or is it some yeah some kind of tax lien on your house if you rent out rooms instead of renting out the whole entire house. Crazy times. <laughs> Lawnmower wants to let you know that the cup that I'm drinking from, this gigantic uh cup that I'm drinking from, is not. It's just normal size, he says. It is 24 ounces. It's a 24 ounces coffee cup. You can get it on Amazon. And in the, actually, there is an affiliate link in the description. I don't have my own personalized coffee mugs, but I do have an affiliate link to this exact cup. <laughs> this exact one. It's awesome. It, and, it, and it does stay keep your uh, coffee warm, but it's mine's tea. Somebody said something that is interesting. Said Long Journey says HOAs are BS. I, I'm not going to argue with you. In, in a lot of cases just recently, some HOAs have really, really stepped up their game of fining people. And basically, I don't know if you guys know this, but a, an HOA can foreclose on your property if you don't abide by their rules. And they make... Uh, they have to, they're supposed to notify you, but they make it very sneaky on how they notify you. And many HOAs have acquired houses from the neighborhood for like, like basically like a couple hundred dollars and they own the house and then they evict the people that live there. I mean, it is crazy to me, crazy. And that's why I'm always really nervous too. When people say, oh, I saw this company that's offering land leases on their houses like you own the house but they own the land lease for a hundred years and that's how you're going to purchase the house and it will make it less expensive for you the thing is that anytime they can decide to take that back from you they could file some paperwork they own the land and evict you if you're leasing land and have a house on it it's a it's a new thing that they're offering to make home prices more affordable but you're not winning on that. You're just making a payment on a mortgage to some, for, to somebody else and the land that you have the house on at any time, for any reason, those people could come up with a way to foreclose on you. So just be very cautious of that. <laughs> Urban Van Life says beans on toast is taking over the USA the selling market. <laughs> There's a little inside joke I want to share with you. My friend, uh, Neil, and his uh, girlfriend, Emma, they are from England, and they were talking about beans on toast, which I thought sounded foul. And so we went and got some English beans and toast, and it's actually delicious. I hate to admit it. <laughs> it's actually very good. <laughs> so <laughs> it is very good. I will say, um, I will say that HOAs are, can, they have their place and they can help you in many ways. When, when I lived in a neighborhood, and I've told you this before, I lived in a neighborhood that did not have an HOA when I first moved here. And when we had neighbors that would park their RV in the, in the road where the kids couldn't even ride their bikes down the road, we had kids that were, we had kids that would park their cars on the grass in their front yard. We have people that have boats out in the front of the house. We have people, I mean, it was just, 
it got so junky looking. And I'm like, these are nice houses. And they just all look like garbage because of the fact that people are allowed to do whatever they want. And just, you know, there is no standard. There's no, uh, you know, you would think there would be some courtesy if you have a junky, nasty looking boat that you at least put it behind some kind of like tarp or something. And they wouldn't even do that. So, I mean, I couldn't wait to sell that house. I could not wait. <laughs> oh, uh, Bob Corrin says, what is your thoughts on the commission issue? So um, let me give everybody a little backstory on this. So commissions in uh, a, commissions are on the line in a uh, recent, uh, God, I cannot talk today. In a recent lawsuit, the National Association of Realtors I believe it was Remax, uh, Keller Williams, and one other big brokerage firm was sued saying they colluded with one another to make for fixed commission rates. And the sellers didn't feel like it was fair that uh, buyers didn't have to pay the commissions that it came out of the seller's proceeds. They lost that case. It ended up being $1.7 billion. Um my thoughts on it are this, they have now, because they won that case, have gone across the country and are doing class action lawsuits. Uh, it's going to take some time, but there's going to be absolutely no doubt in my mind that the way that the purchase agreements work and um, disclosures work and addendums work from here on out will look completely different in the next year coming up no matter how these lawsuits play out. Uh, it will be interesting to see how it all falls into shape because there's another lawsuit out there that's claiming almost the identical opposite where buyers are selling the sellers uh, agents and they colluded. So uh, we have a long way to go to see what really happens, what plays out, of, but there's going to be absolutely no, my, uh, uh, no doubt in my mind that all of this will change. How commissions are paid out who's paid out, who's paying what and where and when is all going to change. And um, it may not necessarily be a bad thing. Um, maybe some realtor agents may not like it, but you know, all good things always have to change. <laughs> Urban Van Super Chat, thank you. Uh, Urban Van Life was Super it. Super Chat. Man, that thing's loud. Uh, so with the $10 super chat says for more beans, because we love those bones, the bones of yet. Yep. Thank you so much. He wants me to have some more beans. <laughs> We're going Friday. We're going Friday to get more beans from World Market. They have to be these specific Heinz beans, apparently. And that's the only ones that are like considered UK British beans, I guess. I don't know. The kids like it. Apparently, we have to try it on a potato now. <laughs> Somebody says Christine is an actual size of an elf and the coffee cup is a teacup. <laughs> you know, if, if you don't know, I'm only five foot. Like I'm just a, like a scotch, just a little, little fragment over five foot. Well, my kids are taller than me. Yep. We got a question that came in. It says, is it possible to get a HELOC if your home is paid off? I can't see why you couldn't, you know, um, it is possible to get a HELOC of a home equity if your home is paid off. Uh, uh, but deciding whether to do so is likely depends on your financial situation and goals. Borrowing from your home can come in handy if you need the funds, but can't. Uh, but but it comes with a cost and the risk of your loan. Yeah. So I would, I would always say this, you know, if you're thinking about a HELOC, 
meet with a financial advisor to find out if that is something that's right for you. My husband and I have had a HELOC on our homes. We've always had HELOCs on our homes because you never know what's going to come up. And it's like, you might as well be able to have the ability to tap into your equity of your home for any reason whatsoever. We've never even used it. Never, not once. But it's there just in case, just in case. And the cost to set up a HELOC is very uh, minimal. I mean, I think we had to pay for it. This was years ago. We had to pay for an appraisal. And yeah, I don't remember what else. But I think everybody should have a HELOC. You don't have to use it. Just have it just in case. Because you never know. You never, never know. <laughs> Sofa Sofa says, looking at getting a, a single family rental next year, doing all cash out refi when, on an existing rental to fund the new property. Do you think the Fed will continue to raise rates? Well, they, they, they're just pausing it right now that, you know, this was just a pause until they decide to raise it again. I mean, he didn't, he never gave the uh, impression that he was looking to bring down rates anytime soon, but he was just giving us a little like, a little break for a hot minute before he raises them again. Um, I, I definitely think he's going to raise them again. Just it's a question of when, when, when's the next time he's going to boost it up. Question. I have an assumable uh, VA mortgage at a 2.37% uh, interest rate. Uh, 800, I'm sorry, $380,000 balance with 450,000 now. How does it work as a selling feature? So you would have to find a sell a buyer that had um about $130,000 cash to put down, uh, not put down, but basically give to you for the leftover balance that would be the cost of your house cuz you owe 380,000, the house is worth 450,000. So the actual buyer would have to come up with the the remainder out of their own pocket to pay you for that, that overage. Right. And then they could assume the 380,000 at that 2.37%. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm really not, not in this, not in this market. I've seen more cash fly across the tables than I've ever seen in my life in the last two years. And matter of fact, in, there was a recent report that says cash buyers are buying up houses more now than ever because the interest rates are so high, they have the cash and they want to buy a house. So they're just going ahead, buying it cash. And they said, well, we'll finance it once once the rates go down at a level that we were willing to finance it. I wish I had like, you know, another like $480,000 cash just to buy a house on a whim. But, you know, there are people out there. It's It's appealing to people that have cash. And at that price point, if you're at $450,000, it's very possible that you could find a buyer that's able to come up with that $130,000 or $40,000 out of their own pocket. I don't, I'm not saying it's impossible. Uh, that is a, an appealing rate that you have. And it would be something that somebody would really want to absorb as far as a cost. Um, yeah. So let's just put it that way. Noreen says, in Central Florida, apartment rents came down a little bit in New York, uh, in October. Lots of places were offering one month for free, and the prices have gone uh, the prices have gone back up again. Yeah, so that's what it's pretty common. So um, if you are near like uh, in Central Florida, there's all sorts of colleges and stuff. Uh, there's uh, 
full sail and all that. Well, once I got all those kids in there and the kids are all settled in and then they have all these apartments, they're like, oh my gosh, they're not filling up. So they, they offer just like home builders an incentive to move in. The best incentive I've ever seen was like, you got your first month rent, your last month for rent for free. <laughs> and then it was like half a deposit. It was like, oh my God, that was the best. Eddie and I years ago got into like a really exclusive apartment complex. That was, um, that was amazing. <laughs> I was so excited. And, uh, and then they gave you like, uh, it was like an extra parking space. I was so excited about this place. That was great. It was on the third floor, but worth walking up those steps to have that amazing apartment. <laughs> Derek Gonzalez said, uh, I've heard, uh, that every 1% increase of rates means a 10% 10 decrease in prices. What happens to what happened to that rule? Lack of supply. Um, the reason that home prices have remained the same, even gone up in many areas is that we've had a lack of new construction, uh, across the United States. Uh, some people don't want to blame it on that, but it's true. They're just, they have not been building the same amount of homes they had been building years ago. Not as many people are selling now either, because why would you want to give up your two and a half or 2.8% interest rate to get into a bigger home? We're going to have to pay almost 8% for the new house. That's even more expensive than it was two years ago. And your home, you know, your taxes are going to be higher and your insurance is going to be higher. That's a big chunk of people's money just to have a bigger house. So they feel locked in. Why, why aren't they going to go anywhere? So that has crippled supply across the uh, the uh, United States. Somebody called it golden handcuffs, which I never had heard that before. <laughs> that was new to me. So, um, yeah, that, that's what's going on. That's why the home prices haven't tanked the way that a lot of people predicted they would they would have. It didn't happen. Deborah Brady says, Christina, a Brit said that you just used the Boston baked beans from the can and beans over toast, but theirs is less sweet and less porky. Yet these do not taste the same as our beans here. They, these, I'm telling you, they, these are different. They're very, very different. The English beans have a lighter sauce they're less sweet and they're not like, we have like almost like a smoky flavor to our beans. These do not have that. They're, you'd have to try their Heinz beans. They're in a blue can and it's like an English thing. I, I was very leery. <laughs> not gonna lie. Oh, somebody asked me to marry them. That's the first time that is, I have been on YouTube. I, I've, I've uploaded my first video in 2017. I have never been asked a marriage proposal. I've been asked all sorts of other things, but nobody's ever asked me to marry them. Unfortunately, I hate to tell you this. I'm already married to a man and I've been married to him for how long? Is it 22 years, Eddie? Is it 22 years? I think so. Yeah, I think it's 22 years. <laughs> Maybe it's 20 four years. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is we're happily married. We've been married since the dawn of time. And I don't remember my life without him. <laughs> I just, I don't remember what it was like before I had Matt Eddie. I know I wasn't really happy. Try 25. 25 years. Oh yeah. Do you know that both of us, we are so like dates mean absolutely nothing to us because we're just happy that when it was our 20th anniversary, my daughter mentioned it a month later. So they're like, they go, when is your wedding anniversary? I'm like, Oh, it's November 21st. <gasps> and like, we both like, 
oh, we forgot our 20th anniversary. Both of us went right over our heads. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, that has nothing to do with real estate. We'll move forward. All right, Eddie, there, pull up the next article, if you could, please. You look great for being married that long. <laughs> I think it's having kids. I think keeps kids keep you young. Uh, yeah. So it looks like the, this was a this was a attention grabbing headline because I had to laugh and it said mortgage rates plunged to the largest amount in a year, and this is true. They did have a have a dip, but they're still like they're still really, really expensive. I mean, we're not seeing fives. That's what we really need for interest rates to be really good in the fives. All right, it says uh, mortgage rates tumbled this week to the biggest uh, one week drop since in November. The 30 year fixed rate mortgage fell to 7.5 in the week ending of November 9th from 7.76. Saw the other day, I, I saw it just under 7.5 for a hot minute and then it, it went right back up again. But if you locked in, good on you. A year ago, the 30 year fixed mortgage was uh, 7.5. 08, the highest level since 2022. The following week dropped 47 basis points this week and saw a drop in basis points from last week. As the treasury yield declines, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage dropped the quarter of a percent, the largest one-week decrease in, since last no, uh, November. You know, and I knew it was going to drop. I didn't know how long it was going to drop. As soon as he said there were pausing rates, I knew that the, I knew that we were going to see mortgage rates go down a little bit, which is always a good thing, especially when you're looking for a brand new home. We'll see what happens uh, next week. I, I don't know if it will go down much more than 7.5 this in the next until they meet again. It will. They might tease us for a hot minute. Maybe we'll get to 1.3%. Uh, but if you're in the market to buy a house right now, I have noticed that a lot of new home builders are concerned and they need to get their inventory off their books for 2024. So right now they are offering uh, interest rate buy downs. They are offering more incentive packages. They're offering uh, no closing costs. They're, I mean, they are really offering the sun, moon and stars. You're going to get a in a lot of areas, especially if you have new construction, you're going to get a lot better deal than you would on an existing home. You're going to have to weigh out the pros and cons of that in your own, in your own mind. You know, do you, can you deal with a smaller lot or, you know, do you really want an older kitchen? You're going to have to weigh that out for yourself. But the incentives from home builders right now are so good. They're so sweet. And if you're looking to buy and you have the ability to buy right now, definitely look at new home construction. It's, uh, it's the one, this is the one time that you can really like count on getting a good deal because they want to get off their books. They don't want it there. Just FYI. If you have any questions, make sure you put the, in the chat, just put the word question first so Eddie can find it and put it up on the screen for me. Cause I'm not, I'm not looking at the chat over here as much as I would love to, I just can't read that and then talk to the camera at the same time. So <laughs> Mary says uh, she has a question. Actually, I have a big, uh, for your information, I wanted to send you pics of my huge consistent developments, expansions and construction in Charleston, South Carolina metro area. A new home is more modest neighborhood is 
$400,000. That's typical though, $400,000 uh, for the average home across the United States is, is pretty typical. Now I will say this, cause I just was, I was listening to a guy named Bill Olson. He has a channel and he's in Charleston, South Carolina. And he said that the home builders are giving more incentives. They are giving more incentives uh, in that area. So if you're in Charleston, go look up Bill Olson because he's got, he knows the inside scoop on it. <laughs> he knows the inside scoop. Uh. <laughs> and he says, uh, HOAs are insane. Bought a, uh, it bought in Cape Coral. We jokingly call it the city of HOA. They have assessments on your taxes. And so here we are. You know what? Like the uh, intrusiveness of HOAs has become alarming. And most, most neighborhoods in the United States are run by HOAs. Now, back in the day, back, let's talk about 1984, matter of fact, back in the day, HOAs were run by the homeowners. Like they would, the homeowners would have a meeting. They would all have discussions. They would have a vote at that meeting and then things would get done. And those assessments and everything else were done at the meetings by the HOA people, the, all the people that lived in the homeowners association. It's always been a thing. Then as we got more modernized in order to not create uh, bad blood between neighbors. HOA started turning over their covenants and everything else to companies to manage the HOAs. And those management companies are the ones have really taken it over the edge. I mean, some of them are absolutely insane. And what they charge is really gross, honestly. And uh, it, I think with some neighborhoods, it's out of laziness that they would, that we can't manage them. You know, um, our neighborhood took back our HOA. We don't, we didn't, we had a management company and we took it back because the, the management company that we had hired were jerks. They were terrible. And so we were like, nope, we're not going to do it anymore. We're not paying these people for, cause they were like, they would give these weird invoices for the, um, you know, the cutting the grass for the front, you know, it was like, why is that costing us $4,000 when it literally takes them five minutes? So yeah. And then like, there was all these other kinds of weird fees that ended up on there and they're like, oh, that's administration fees. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, moving forward, Peter says, question, do you have any predictions on many real estate agents will renew their license? Oh, there's already, I'm going to tell you this right now. So this is, this is renewal season. And I've seen more posts saying they're not going to renew. I actually got a message from somebody and said, you know, I, I gave real estate the good old college try and I did pretty good that first, this first year, but my second year, I'm not doing good. And I'm just going to go ahead and pull my license. And this, and I'll tell you this for some real estate agents, it's not about the market. It's not about the market. It's about them marketing. And they're, they didn't have a marketing plan to begin with. And then when times got tough, they don't know what to do. They're scrambling. They got their, you know, they're like chickens with their head cut off. They're like there's no, the phone's not ringing. The phones aren't ringing. Well, it's up to you to make that phone ring. What are you going to do? So yeah, I think there's going to be a lot less people uh, renewing their license. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they had no business being a real estate agent to begin with. I'm just saying what a lot of people are thinking. 
Oh, someone's gonna go buy one of my uh my giant teacups. The description there's an affiliate link in the description. Alex with a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you so much. Super chat. Thank you. If the housing market makes forty percent of CPI inflation, are new buyers in the Fed in an impossible situation? If the Fed lowers the rate, housing prices are gonna uh, go up. And that's going to drive up inflation. And that's, I don't know if you guys know who Barbara Corcoran is. She's the one that's on Shark Tank. And she said, the worst thing that could happen right now is if mortgage interest rates went into the fives, because it's going to start a whole frenzy all over again. And the one thing I can say that has remained the same through every housing market that I can, I can even think of right now in the United States is that if your house was below the median price of a home in your specific area, your house was still flying off the market. It was still flying off the market. That happens to be the most affordable homes, which most first time home buyers are looking for. This is the biggest problem is that the most affordable homes are getting scooped up so fast and they're still continually going up in price. Those homes in the higher end market are, you know, they're taking a little bit longer to sell. Just recently, they haven't been, but for, for a while, they were taking a lot longer to sell because not many people could afford those type of homes. But people that were having, looking for a house at the median price or below, they were still having a hard time finding anything. So then a bunch of people sat on the sidelines and they're like, well, I'm going to wait for interest rates to go down. Well, while they sat on the sidelines waiting for interest rates to go down, those prices continued to go up. If we see interest rates in the fives again, and I agree with Barbara Corker on this, it's going to be a frenzy all over again of people trying to get into their very first home. And um, it sucks because they just didn't, the one thing that we've been missing in the housing market for the last 10 years are those smaller, more affordable homes. And they haven't done it. And that makes me very sad. Very, very sad. Johnny O with a $100 super chat. Wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate you jumping in here and giving me a $100 super chat. That is very kind of you. Johnny likes to come in here every once in a while and and smile upon us with a nice super chat. Johnny, if you have any questions about your real estate market in your area, please go ahead and put it in the chat and we will put you right up on the screen and with your question. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Sorry, I had a little need a little sustenance, a little caffeine there. <laughs> Mary says, question. Do you see uh, recollections of 2008 mortgage fiasco where um, buy buys ended up having to pay someone to buy their homes and settle uh, bloated loans. The difference today with the loans that were available back in 2008 and then the loans that they're offering today. So they used to do those interest only or, um, you know, they had all these crazy type of loans and they were basically giving loans to anybody that could sign their name and had a social security number. It was really crazy. Um, not only that, they were allowing people to buy multiple homes that had no business to be do doing that. And then people walked into some of these, uh, you know, lenders and they said, you know, like, I'm not sure if we can afford a home. This is all we can afford. They're like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll do this interest only loan. You'll have to pay that. And then in a couple of years, you can refinance. Well, then mortgage rates went up and they couldn't afford it. And then they lost their job. Today, 
the what you have to go through to get a home mortgage is excruciating. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but there's a good reason for it because they don't want a repeat of what happened last time where a lot of people had to do short sales and, uh, you know, go through that whole entire process. I, I don't see it getting to that point only the, unless the only way I can see it is if people start losing their jobs. If people start losing their jobs, they're going to be more likely to have to sell their home or lose their home because they, they don't want to sell it. So they'll let it go back to the bank. That's going to be the only time that we're going to see that I can see, uh, we see a wave of foreclosures. So I don't see it as the same kind of loan fiasco that we had in 2008, where they were basically, you know, you have a social security number and a working telephone number, then <laughs> we'll give you a loan. I don't see that is not the case today. The the buyers that are qualified to get a loan are very qualified. It's it's just not the same situation. Interesting question. Good question. Thank you. All right, here we are. Pooh's blustery day says beans, beans, magical fruit. Fruit. The more you eat, the more you sing a song about beans. <laughs> XXXX says question. Um, Oni Studio Co co-op in new york city paying off mortgage monthly pay maintenance is uh 429 43 have three thirty thousand dollar heloc owning an investment property is fourteen hundred dollars a month your thoughts on buying a one bedroom primary i have to know what all your other financial situation is and where you're buying this one bedroom primary and i'd have to see the i'd have to see the whole thing like it's a good question but there, like, there's a lot of information missing. Whenever you're looking at any piece of property, whether you're uh, investing your own money or not, like, where's the location of this? What's the history of that area? Is it a declining area? Um, it, did it only go up during the pandemic? Um, you know, what is your other financial situations? What is your other de uh, debt to income? Even though you have a HELOC, does you have other debt to income ratio that would throw things off? Uh, will you be only using your HELOC to buy this house? I mean, there's a thousand things, thousand things before I would ever say, yes, go ahead and buy one or no, don't you buy one. So I would suggest going ahead and meeting with a financial advisor or a lender to go over your options to find out if that's a good deal. And not only that, with the 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 rental that you're thinking about, find a real estate agent to run the numbers for you on that. <laughs> Somebody said Eddie's a lucky man. I don't know. Sometimes I bet you he's not thinking he's too lucky. <laughs> I know I'm annoying. <laughs> I know I'm obnoxious. <laughs> Poor Eddie. <laughs> not knowing how many years you've been married uh, uh, is a tell. What, what's the tell? <laughs> I don't know. We just pay, like they all the days run together. I never like there's certain things that I don't. I'm. I always say I'm not a real girl. Like I hate Valentine's Day. I think it's stupid. When I met him, I'm like, please don't ever give me a, a Valentine's Day gift. Don't do it. I think it's the dumbest holiday on the planet. And he said, are you serious? I'm like, if you want us to break up, you'll get me a Valentine's Day present. I think it's dumb. Don't do it. So we've never even celebrated Valentine's Day. <laughs> so dumb. Yep. Yeah, you were like great for being married so long. That's so funny. Yeah, we uh yeah, our, our wedding anniversary is coming right up. And do you know what I bought my husband? This is what this is the loving gift that we got after 
25 years of marriage. This is the gift that we got each other. You guys are ready for this. It is so romantic. We got a litter robot for our cats. <laughs> A litter robot. Isn't that the, you know, oh, Eddie's going to even show it to you. Hold on. Let me put it up on the screen. I'm going to go ahead and put it. Oh, there it is. Look at that. <laughs> a litter robot. That's what we got for our wedding anniversary. So much romance and love there. <laughs> I, <laughs> Why are we talking about litter robots? This is about the real estate market. Eddie, I want you to go ahead and put up that next story. Um, that I showed you from TikTok. So there is a war on TikTok between generations. Everybody loves to start their videos on TikTok with like, the younger generation doesn't know, blah, 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 blah. Or the boomers don't know, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, Gen Z doesn't know. It's so stupid, so stupid. But one of the things that I found interesting, because I always find this interesting, is how um, the cost of living. And that goes right in with the line of, you know, 1984, it costs a lot more today to live than it did in 1984. Eddie, do you have that? Uh, oh, look at here. In terms of risk and cumbersome paperwork, how is it easier or hard for a seller to offer financing? That would depend on the state that you live in, Alex. That would depend on the state that you live in. Uh, owner financing is always different in each and every state. So, Eddie, pull up that article from TikTok, please. Please. Somebody said my little robot, what a waste of space. It may be a waste of space, but it certainly saves me from scooping poop every day. I'm very excited about it. We love it. <laughs> Somebody said there, Eddie won the lottery with uh, marrying me so because he, he didn't have to buy me Valentine's stuff. Eddie, did you not, like, are you not going to pull up this article? It's in the, I sent it to you. I literally sent it in that email. Eddie, <laughs> look, I'm even going to show it to you. It, it says, da, da, da. I even emailed it to you. I sent it to you. Here it is. Woman does the math. It's on uh, yourtango.com. See, Eddie? Eddie's going to pull it. Oh, here we go. See, <laughs> woman does the math on whether Gen Z is broke because they're lazy or boomers just had it way easier. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to spoiler alert. <laughs> we're we're going to figure out she, she the boomers had it easier. Even compute. This is like the boomer mind cannot comprehend this. Okay, the previous creator has her stitches off, but if you haven't seen her stuff already, she's one of my favorite creators on this app. And I think we need to talk about this because I'm a Gen Z who has boomer parents, and what she says is true. Boomers are stuck in the past so hard that they can't even comprehend that us, like Gen Z and millennials, it's not just that we're lazy and we don't want to work hard, it's that even if we work as hard as possible, we still can't like afford to live right now. Hard work isn't enough anymore. And I hear these comments all the time as someone who's like parents, friends are all that age. They think that we're all just lazy and they refuse to realize that like times have changed. It is not the same as when you were our age. Just to start, let's look at the rise of the average home value over the years versus the rise of the average household income as compared to when boomers were our age and able to easily afford rent. So boomers would have been our age sometime between the 70s and the late 80s here. So this is the average price of housing or a house at that time. And this is the average income of the household, right? Here it is now, 
Do you see the difference? Do you see how, like, yes, it was hard back then. Not, it's just not even comparable. The second chart I did steal from Madeline. Here's the average tuition uh, for college, right? And the average full-time for 40 hours a week job, which you can't even do in college. So I don't know why this is relevant, but here's when boomers existed. And here it is now. It stops at 2010 too. It's probably gone up since then. But now let's do the actual math to prove that you cannot budget in this economy. For argument's sake, I was making $20 an hour working 40 hours a week, right? That's twice what minimum wage is in my state. Let's just pretend everyone's making twice minimum wage for whatever reason, like argument's sake. So you're making that much every two weeks, which here's the math. This is your take home after tax every month. So let's budget it, shall we? Average rent in my city for one bedroom is about $2,000, but luckily I live in a shoebox. So after paying for parking, utilities, and all that, it's about $1,500. And yes, you need parking because you got to have a car to get to and from work. So now we're down to this. But then there's food. I only ate about one and a half meals every day. So that was 20 bucks for food a day because making meals for one person is expensive. 20 times 7 times 4 is 560 bucks. So knock that off of here. And we're down to 654 Sadly, we're not done. The average student loan cost in the country is about $300, so we'll say $300 off of that. Now we're down to $354. Luckily, insurance for cars in Minnesota is only $70 because you got to have a car to get to and from work every day. And thankfully, I drove a hybrid and I didn't do much driving outside of that, so I only had to fill up my tank twice a month, which was $50 roughly each time. Actually more, but we'll round down, so that's $100 as well. And now we're down to 184. But wait, I have medication that literally keeps me alive that I have to pay for every month. And now that I'm looking at the budget, I'm thinking that might be what we should cut out at this point. But for now, we'll pretend we want to keep going and knock another 50 bucks off this. This is what we're at. But don't forget, we still need basic things like toilet paper, soap, tampons, things like that. So we'll just pretend that's only 50 bucks a month. Woo, and now at this point, we're just praying we never need to go to the dentist or the doctor or replace any clothing or anything bad happens at all, like a flat tire. But wait, there's still more. Because these boomers promised us that it was possible to retire with this much money left at the end of every month. Okay, let's go do our basic retirement calculator. We're going to pretend we want to retire at the age of 67 because that's what they're trying to raise it to now. And I'm going to just pray that I pass at 88, even though every woman in my family has lived well into her 90s. Given that I can't budget in a doctor, it, this would probably be a good bet. According to those calculations, I need to be saving this much money per month in order to retire at that age. So we'll have to knock that off too. And that leaves us with, drumroll please, this much money in our bank account at the end of every month. Does anyone want to advise us on how to budget this? Because I'm thinking maybe taking out the life-saving medication. So no, boomers, it's not that we're not working hard. It's that we don't have any hope or money. See what you guys are saying yes she's whining <laughs> she has whining oh oh can you hear me can you hear me eddie okay i'm, I'm hoping that you hear me <laughs> all right let's let's be real though i mean this is the the common narrative that um you know if they just cut out avocado toast and you know quit getting their starbucks and they'll be fine there, there isn't enough Starbucks to make up nine hundred and eighty-four dollars. Um, there, we're in a, in a, in a bad situation when it comes to younger people, and that's why, that's why we're seeing less younger people deciding to have children. We're seeing younger people, you know, be more disgruntled, and 
they're whining, but they have some substance to why they're whining, you know? And I know, I, listen, I, I have kids that are her age too. And sometimes I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea. But I, I have to take myself out of the equation and step back and see it from their eyes. And I, there's a lot of hopelessness there. And I'm just hoping that we can find a way that we can all find hope for kids again to want to, first of all, want to be, want to contribute to society in a positive way where it doesn't feel so desperate. And like things that used to make me scared to death, I was terrified of like, like a big nuclear explosion. I was terrified of quicksand. I was terrified. And these kids are like, they're terrified to go to school. Their mindset is completely different than ours was growing up. And I can see why they're frustrated and what, and they're scared. They're genuinely scared. As much as it sounds like they're whining, they're afraid they're just not even going to be able to make it next month. Like, are they going to end up homeless? And, uh, and it seems like every time they come up with a new idea, like I'm going to rent a room out of my apartment. So that way I can afford the rent or I'm going to have a roommate or whatever. Some law in the area says, no, you can't do that. You know? So then like a lot of them are like, well, I'm just going to live in a van by the river, which used to be a joke to us, but they're genuinely using that as an, as, as a way to find an affordable place to live. And, uh, I, I understand their frustration, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that in years coming up, that we've come up with better affordable housing solutions. One of the most controversial statements I've ever made, which still blows my mind, is that uh, everybody des deserves an affordable place to live. And for some reason, that really fired people up, really made them mad. And I don't think that is a controversial statement. Everybody deserves to have an affordable place to live. <laughs> you know, I just, it's crazy to me. Crazy to me. Anyways. All right. So let's get some stuff there. Stockholder needs to give up on some wealth. Oh, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's corporate America. And I said this last week, I went on a tangent. Corporate America has really dug their claws into a lot of what we do every single day. They always were there, but it seems to be more prevalent than ever. CEOs have been making more money than they've ever made. And then in turn, they, they bring down our, you know, like their shrinkflation. So they charge more money and they give you less product. It seems to me like a lot of the things that I buy that I used to think were really good stuff, it's almost impossible to find something really good quality. Everything's built like junk and then it falls apart on you in a couple of years. Um, there's no pride in building a lot of the things that we use, like refrigerators and uh, washing machines and that kind of thing. Even cars today, you know, like cars used to last more than like, if you make it to a hundred thousand miles in a lot of cars, it's like, oh, wow, you really did a great job. But they used to last for like 200,000 miles. And now it's only, only if you get a Toyota or only if you get a Honda, does it last a hundred thousand miles? There's a problem with that. Um, so I, and now corporate America is buying as many houses that they have, they can, that leaves less houses for the younger people to purchase themselves. And so that's causing them to not to be able to build that generational wealth that you have and security that you have when you own a home. So I can understand their frustration. Did they whine? Yes. But we all did when we were that age. We all whined. <laughs> so.
So, question, are real estate agents in all parties helping you buy or sell a home fiduciaries? Can you talk about fiduciary responsibilities and things that we should look out for? So um, here in the state of Louisiana, a fiduciary is just basically somebody that facilitates the paperwork. They do not facilitate anything with negotiations. They just they make sure that all the paperwork and all the lines are filled out with what each party has said that they want on those lines. They take that that deal, they take that paperwork and they send it over to the title company and make sure that everything is done and done correctly so all the parties can meet at the closing table at the closing time. But once that's off to the title company, they're done with it because they, they, they were paid a flat rate usually. They're paid, paid a flat rate. There's no um, negotiations during the inspection periods. There's nothing like that. They don't negotiate any of that stuff on the behalf of the sellers or the buyers. They will fill out any kind of paperwork that needs to be done. And that, they're just basically a sec secretary. But they're not, they're not giving you any kind of advice on protections for you as a buyer or a seller. They're just filling in lines for you. That's it. So just be aware of that. You know, like if you're hiring a real estate agent, they're so, uh, they say, well, I'm just going to be a fiduciary. That means you're doing all those decisions. They're just filling out the lines. Uh, TJ says, question, thoughts on our USDA rural development loan? I love them. I really do. I think they're a great product, especially when you're getting in your very first home. Um, you're going to be paying a lot less in closing costs. Now your payment's going to be a little bit more, but the USDA loans are fantastic. Rural development loans are very good. Um, almost every single first-time home buyer here that I've worked with usually gets that kind of loan. <laughs> usually gets that kind of loan. They're fantastic. I will say tell you this though, they do take that process to get your home uh, from under contract to close when you have a USD USDA loan takes a lot longer because you have two underwriting processes. You have like the regular underwriting process for the loan, but then you have the USDA underwriting department of all the things that they need before they close. So yeah, they're fantastic loans. I strongly suggest them. The field has a question says, do you think that we'll ever get back to the 28% rule? You know, that the one where the roof over your head shouldn't cost more than your income. Yeah. Uh, I would love for that to be the case. I, I would, that'd be fantastic. It really would. Um, the way, if we get to there, if we get to that point, that means that the United States is in a pretty pretty bad financial shape. It'd be great if they built enough homes that we could get to that point. But um, I don't know. We'll see. Time will tell. I, I, my crystal ball says it's fuzzy. It's hard to read. I, I don't know for sure. <laughs> Ooh, and he's got those mysterious music going there. <laughs> Jerry says, uh, no Valentine's Day? You wouldn't accept chocolate for any reason? No, I'll, I'll, I just don't want Valentine's shaped chocolate. There's no, no, you can, no, I will gladly do this. Now, if you want to go the day after Valentine's Day and you got the, the on sale candy, the Valentine's Day candy, the, the chocolate that was after the fact where it's on sale, hook, hook a sister up. I will gladly take that Valentine's Day candy when it's, when it was on sale. Anna has a question, says, how does one reach buyers that are out of the area like in New York City? How do you reach buyers? Well, I would hope that you, if you're a real estate agent, um, I would hope that you would be marketing to everybody. Like I would hope that you would have a YouTube channel that you are using to market 
your listings outside of just New York. I, that's what I would hope you'd be doing. And I hope you would have a uh, Facebook group as well and a, a good business page where you can run ads. The field guy says, question, why are rents so high? They say it's because of the shortage, but I've been watching for a year. There seems to be no end of the amount of rentals out there. You know what's so crazy? So this is the, this is no joke. There's actually this guy on TikTok that's been showing this. He found out in the, during the pandemic, he's the only one living in this apartment complex. And there's this uh, uh, conspiracy theory. And I always say with every conspiracy theory, there's always a shred of truth to it but that there's a bunch of investors, foreign investors that have bought up properties with no intention of ever having anybody live in them, that they intentionally keep them to make other properties remain high. So like, let's just say they own an apartment building. They could say this section is for affordable housing, but they couldn't find any renters. And they're having the hardest time. So they use it as a tax deduction because they couldn't find any renters. But, so it didn't look so bad. They'd have a few renters in that building, but they couldn't fill up the entire building. So like I said, they can get a tax deduction. That's one thing they could do. Another thing that um, they do, I've seen condo condos, right? Where the condo uh, company says they uh, the, the homes are $120,000. Then they keep these other uh, condos out of the buying pool, but they use it as a deduction for them because they were, they're like, Oh, it's a depreciating asset. So they use that for a deduction. You know, I, I do think that there's plenty of apartments out there. I just don't think they're willing to give them up because they're trying to keep the inflated rental price up as much as possible. You know, they don't want to give up that, you know, $2,700 that they've been getting in rent. So they rather have a house or an apartment sitting there vacant so they can take that as a loss on their taxes. You know, it's interesting. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know that there's a lot of vacant properties out there and not all vacant properties are doing this. A lot of people that have vacant properties, it's like, you know, maybe a family member passed away and they're just holding on to it. So they're not willing to do anything with that property. And another case is that they have them where they only live there for a few months out of the year, you know, so they have like several houses across the United States have to say that must be nice. But, um, yeah, there's, I think there's, there is definitely some shadiness with some, some, uh, vacant properties. Eric has a question. What are your thoughts on Vantum global modular home companies invested by Bill Gates? I have not uh, looked into that specific, uh, modular home company myself. I've not gone to their factory. I don't know anything other than what I've read. So I'm going to withhold my comments on them until I, until I can actually sit down and actually talk to them and see their modular homes for myself. I'm going to say this, a lot of modular home companies that have come out in the last three to four years, um, they start off with a really good idea. They crowdfund a bunch of money and then the homes never exist. There is one that has advertised all over Facebook and they do very high pressure Zoom calls where they're just like, oh, you got to get in now. I mean, this is ground floor. I mean, it feels like some kind of MLM push, 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 push. And if anybody's pushing you so hard to invest in their company, they're probably, it's probably not true. 
I, the, if they have no physical product that you can actually see, feel, touch, that's in a backyard, it's just a house with a demo. It, it means nothing until they actually start putting those houses in neighborhoods on the ground for people to actually look at, touch and smell, lick, whatever you want to do. It doesn't exist in my eyes. Um, and that's, that's pretty much true of all modular home companies, all of them, like every single one of them. If there's no product for you to physically look at, if they have no clients that have them in their backyard or front yard, wherever, they don't exist. They're just words on paper and a lot of fancy advertising. So. Uh, this kid said, just saw an ad. Don't miss our special rate as low as 5.875, 6.2975 APR through the KBHS home loans. Any idea how they can do that? I would have to look at their terms. They might be doing like a, like they have all these different loan packages, like a two, one buy down and la la la. They have all these different ways they can make a loan happen. It might be for one of their specific home builders that they're using and it, it would be a brand new home. And again, they're doing buy downs for that um, where the, the builder pays the buy down. So you just look into that. So how do I like my litter robot? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Um, like I said, the fact that first of all, like this is so stupid. There's an app I can, I know every time when my cats poop, and not only that, the smell, like you don't smell it through the house. Litter boxes, I mean, cats cover up what they're supposed to do, but it takes some time before the the smell leaves the area. But with the litter robot, I mean, it just seals it right off and you don't smell it. So I don't know. I like it. It may take up space. It might be a waste of space, but the location of where they're at is not an area that I were walking through all the time anyway. So I like them. <laughs> And it uses less litter, a lot less litter. So, yeah. Thank you, Michael. I'm glad you're enjoying the channel. <laughs> Peter has a question. Will, oh, will uh, Ontario go down in price in 2024? I don't know. Um, I'm here in the United States. I don't always really kind of study what's going on across the, across the country. I don't know much about Canada, but I can have somebody from Canada come come on to the uh, channel. I've had that before. I've had a couple people from Canada come on here. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's funny to me though, because a lot of things that happen in Canada, it takes a while, but they end up happening here in the United States too. When it comes to like foreign investment, I mean, what was going on in Canada has happened here. And so well, all we had to do, and I showed it years ago, what was going on in Canada. Brad McCallum was my guest and we started talking about it. And sure enough, it's the same thing that's happened here. Corporate investors, foreign investors, buying up the most affordable homes and turning them into rental properties. So good stuff. So it's good to see what other markets are doing. It, you know, what's weird to me is that every single uh, housing market is in almost every single country is going to sit through the same exact problem. Australia has got it even worse, got it even worse with the lack of inventory. Yeah, so. I don't know what happened to Eddie. I think he got sick. <laughs> Michael Richards says, Christina, you're 100% correct about shady dealings with companies in today's real estate market. Love the brilliance and wisdom that you display in your presentations. Thank you so much. I love talking. <laughs> I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed talking very much. <laughs> 
All right, we got a question that came up here. It says, question, what do you think about DHFA uh, first-time homebuyer loans? It seems a little scammy. I, I don't know enough about those loans to make an opinion about them. Um, I would, I'll get a lender. You know what? I'll have a lender come on next week. I'll try to get a, I'll try to get a lender that I trust to come on next week that we could talk about it. Cause I, I, I don't know enough about them to say if they're a good idea or not. Um, sometimes things on paper always look really good. And then of course, in, in actual real life, they're really not, or down the line and you end up spending a lot more in interest. And yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have the answer for you for that. I would be lying if I did. TJ says uh, USDA rule direct loan 4.5% today. Low and very low income borrowers. Zero down, no PMI since USDA is the lender. Is it really 4.5? Wow. They're usually higher. That's what? Something sounds fishy about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, so. The, those programs don't last long. Somebody said, uh, Miriam Gammon says, uh, thoughts on your, on the, how the lawsuit regarding, uh, sellers paying buyers commissions will play out in the future. Oh, Mary, that's a good question. I just answered this earlier, but I'll go ahead and, and give you my thoughts on it. Um, it's going to take some time before this all trickles down into actual practical terms of, of home sellers and home buyers, unless you're in the, that exact state state where they lost the lawsuit. Uh, I just think that for now, um, you're going to see addendums, new addendums when it comes to commissions. There's going to be uh, new, new sales contracts and how that's disclosed. And there's going to be more, dis more negotiations coming out for buyers agents but uh we really don't know anything for sure because it only affects that one state now there's going to be more lawsuits that have already been filed in states across the united states and uh only time will tell what happens with that all i know for sure is that the way we do real estate today is going to be changed by this forever so that's what i those are my thoughts it's nice to get a Facebook comment. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm actually on Facebook too. I have a Facebook business page. And if, you know, if you're ever on Facebook, I have a Facebook business page <laughs> and I, I post these live streams on Facebook. So it is nice to see somebody popped in on there from Facebook. <laughs> Peter says, why is the Federal Reserve the uh, target to get to 2% inflation? Is, is it still stealing, uh, stealing 2% of the purchasing power of Every year, that's always the thing. They always want 2%. That's always been their target. Federal Reserve's target of inflation is rate is 2% in part to stave off of deflation in an event that economic, in, in the event of an economic, oh my God, economic downturn. <laughs> Maintaining a healthy level of inflation could give the central bank additional room to lower interest rates when it has stimulated the economy. Yeah, that's why they always he he always says the same thing like tamper down, stimulate the two percent. He has this thing that he reads like I don't know if you guys ever watched Jerome Hell. He has a statement that he reads right. He reads this whole thing and it's a bunch of word salad and you're you know you're trying to pick it apart and you're like okay how is this going to affect housing, and then you can take that whole entire statement and do this because <laughs> the next thing's out of his mouth is when he starts answering the questions to the reporters, and it's like. 
wait a minute, you just said in your statement here, well, he was like, well, I didn't really say that. I'm like, dude. So if you ever want to really watch stock markets in, in real time go crazy, it's the minute that man opens his mouth. <laughs> yeah, good old Jerome. Whenever he starts talking, when he when he talks off script, markets behave <laughs> in a completely different way. Yep. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, TJ has a question. Do you pay more a month, uh, because the interest rate is so low at 4.5 or versus 8%? I don't, I didn't know that something seems off about that, that interest rate for USDA being at 4.5%. I, I don't know what that is. I've, that doesn't seem right to me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that. Uh, Brenda says, question, tiny homes might be the answer, but state zoning blocks may, uh, may be many in time. Do you think it's greed or stupidity? Okay. So there are, they are addressing it, believe it or not. You know, the wheels of government are very slow, but there has been push from the current administration to open up a lot of areas that are just sitting there to allow for, first of all, manufactured housing and tiny homes. Um, I don't think that human beings that have no choice should be stuffed in, in, into shoe boxes. I don't think there's anything wrong with the, the type of homes that were built in, you know, after world war II, little two bedroom houses, little two bedroom brick or modular homes, but being forced in a one bedroom loft, tiny home can really affect people's mental state. If that's the only thing they can afford. Um, I know it's like common in Japan and stuff, but that's just not the way things have been done. Maybe I'm being old fashioned with this, but, uh, zoning laws, when it comes to, uh, tiny homes, you're going to see it becoming more and more lax in areas because the government has given incentives for towns and cities to do that. And that what those incentives means that they're going to get money. So they're more willing to, to look into it. Um, but I don't know if I don't know if tiny homes are the answer to the affordability crisis. It makes me nervous for people's mental health. Are you aware of the mortgage credit certification program? If so, can you explain it to the audience? And uh, I think it would help uh, to know if it's available. I do not know. Like I'm not I'm not a mortgage lender. I'm a real estate agent, so I I don't know all the programs that are out there. And you have to know too that every state has their own mortgage programs. We have bond money here in the, in the state of Louisiana um, that isn't available to other people in other states. So what is it, Eddie? It's a, which state is it for? Oh, it is for Louisiana. See, I didn't even know this. It's a statewide program designed to assist first-time home buyers, veterans, and low moderate income purchasers. A home being designated in areas home buyers that use the MM. MCC program take their federal tax credit up to 40% to the annual mortgage. And I will have to ask, you know what we'll do? We'll ask uh, Ryan. I don't know what you're doing, Eddie. Eddie's in the background. You guys don't know this. He's doing this. <laughs> I'm reading it, Eddie. Uh, I'm reading it. <laughs> He's funny. Uh, and it says, if you're rolling uh, capital capital gains into another property. Does that considered a cash buyer? Um, well, to the seller, it would be to the tax tax people. It wouldn't be. <laughs> so yeah, to the seller, it is to the seller. It is. 
Anyways, well, listen, everybody, we're rounding up at um, one hour and 20 minutes. I know you want to get back to your Sunday. We are, I'm hopefully next week will be a nice calming week. I'm going to get a lender on here next week. I think that would really help because you guys seem to have a lot of lending questions. If you guys happen to need a uh, real estate agent in your area, I happen to be connected with thousands across the country. All you have to do is go to my website, christinasmallhorn.com and fill out one of the forms. Just hit one of the pink buttons. And then the other thing is that if you're wanting to listen to this as a podcast, you can always go to, uh, what is it called? Oh, just look up my name, Christina Smallhorn, and then you'll see the podcast. Um, anywhere you want to find podcasts, that's where you'll find me. So Eddie's had to dip out. Do you know why Eddie dipped out? He's already gone. Do you know? And that's why you're not seeing the stuff on the screen. <laughs> He's making us a deep fried turkey. <laughs> he's making us a deep fried turkey. He had to go check on the turkey to make sure it was okay. <laughs> so, all right, everybody have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Be good. Stay out of trouble. Don't talk to strangers unless you really have to and look both ways before crossing and don't look up when it's raining. All right, everybody. So long. Bye. <laughs>